Happy Epiphany. It's a beautiful solemnity to, to celebrate. Of course, uh, we know that the main part of the solemnity we, we, we obviously usually reflect on are the three magi, the three wise men. And what do they bring? They bring Jesus' gifts of, of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And right away there, anyone that would be reading this account of Matthew uh, would see that those gifts represent when you give a gift to a king. The interesting thing about this, by the way, is that it's not Israelites who are bringing uh, Jesus these, these gifts. It's not, it's not the Jewish people, but these magi from, uh, from, from the west coming, coming east that they're bringing uh, these gifts, which right away should also show to us that Jesus is not only the king of the Israelites, not only the king of the Jews, but be king for all the nations, for all the world. Of course, when Herod hears about this, what does he do? He's terrified. And we hear not only is he terrified, but all of Jerusalem. Because they're thinking maybe their kingdom is now going to come to an end. And Herod does not want this. Herod, of course, wants to hold on to his kingdom, his, you know, his, his whole being, essentially. And we see this over and over again uh, with, with, with Herod and, and everyone else as well, so often. Wanting to hold on to what they have and not let someone else truly be their ruler, truly be uh, their, their savior is what God wants to be. And so Herod, of course, we know, will not come and do homage to Jesus. Instead, he tries to uh, destroy Jesus. But these magi, they come and do him homage and see him truly as the long-awaited king. You know, the gifts that, that Jesus wants from us is not necessarily gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What Jesus wants from us is the gift of ourself, that we can lay ourselves down before him, lay prostrate before him and say, Lord, do with me as you will. I am your servant. And when we can do this, we know what he's going to do is give us actually the greatest gift, the gift of himself. He will be our king. He will be our shepherd. He will be our everything. All we have to do is lay ourselves down before him and he'll take care of everything else. We can't buy our way into, our, into a kingship with God. We can't offer him these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh and not also offer him the gift of ourself. It reminds me of a, of a story that was actually written uh, in 1895. It was actually made a, a movie in 1985. Uh, the story is called the, the Other Wise Men. It was made into a movie in 1985, made for TV movie, starring Martin Sheen, uh, called The Fourth Wise Men. And actually last year at, at Epiphany, um, after the celebration of Epiphany, a parishioner said, Father, have you seen the movie The Fourth Wise Men? I said, no, I haven't. So the next week uh, he had mailed me a DVD of it. It's a very good movie. And actually, we just figured out this week that it's also available on Formed. Now what is Formed, by the way? Formed is that website that we advertise all the time in the bulletin that we encourage parishioners to go on. It's kind of like a Catholic Netflix, but even better than Netflix, right? Because you're not getting any trouble watching anything on Hunt Form. You're actually going to learn a lot. And so there's movies on there. There's, there's talks. There's, there's scripture studies. Uh, there's, there's actually a whole session for children movies and everything like that. It's a great website. I encourage you uh, to make sure you have a subscription. We pay for it all, by the way. So all you have to do is register through St. John's. Once again, more details in the bulletin on the website uh, as well. 
But also, one of the movies now on form we just figured out this week is uh, The Fourth Wiseman. So I encourage you guys to, uh, to, to watch it. I'm going to tell you the story, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't watch the movie. The movie's going to be better than, than this story. Now, it's a fictional story, but once again, it was written in 1895 uh, by, by Henry Van Dyke called The Other uh, Wiseman. And, and it tells a story of a wise man who didn't quite make it up uh, in time uh, with the other three wise men. This wise man is called Artaban. Uh, and Artaban, once again, a wise man is a magi. Magi were very, very influential back in Jesus' time. We know this even to say they had an audience with Herod means that they're not just some slouch, right? They're, they're, they're wise. They're, they're kind of gaining esteem, actually, throughout the, the years around Jesus' time uh, as well. They're, they're great, obviously, astronomers, what they're kind of known for, but they're great philosophers, physicians. They're just wise, and they know a lot of different things. So Artaban, the story goes, uh, ascertains as well that the star is going to, to appear. He sees this star, and he goes and tells everyone, all the fellow magi, I have seen the star we've been long awaiting for, all the prophecies. The king of the universe is here. Will you come with me to come and adore him and give him these gifts? And by the way, then he'll take care of us as we'll be set for life. And all the fellow magi in his hometown ignore him. No, we have to take care of, you know, these own things. My, I just married a wife and I need to be with her. I can't bring her with on this journey, da, da, da. So Artaban goes off by himself, but he's going to meet up with three other magi that he knows of in a special meeting place. Of course, those will be the three wise men that actually make it, right? So Artaban heads off. Now, one thing about Artaban you have to remember in this story is he's very arrogant. We've probably met people like that before, right? These wise people will know everything. Well, Artaban was very arrogant. He was very prideful and, and, and kind of even rude a little bit. But as he starts on this journey, uh, his father... Uh, gives him a servant to go with him. Uh, and the servant, once the journey is complete, is going to be set free. So they head off on this 10-day journey to go meet up with three other wise men. And they're going and they're traveling hard and they're about, you know, six hours away from re- getting to that meeting spot when Artaban encounters a sick person who's about to die. And Artaban stops and says, well, I need to take care of this man because I'm, I'm a magi and I, I'm a physician. I can help him. And his servant's like, no, 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 we're going to miss the meetup spot. And Arbeth says, don't worry about it, they'll wait for me. So sure enough, he, he goes and takes care of this sick person. He gives him all of his bread, all of his water, tries to take care of him. And he takes off to go meet up with the other three wise men. And sure enough, they have left without him. The servant says, okay, we've tried, let's go back. I don't want to be here anymore. Artaban says, no, no, no. And by the way, before Artaban had left, he sold all of his possessions. So he could give a gift to the newborn king. He had a gift of a sapphire, a gift of a ruby, and a gift of a pearl of great price. So Artaban takes the sapphire and gives it to a servant and says, go sell this. We can provisions to cross the desert. We're going to need camels. We're going to need water. We're going to need other servants to help us. We need to have our own caravan to go and adore this newborn king. Of course, the servant is very upset. He goes, okay, whatever. Then we can go home after that. So he sells the sapphire but he still has the ruby and the pearl to give to the newborn king. Well, then they finally arrive in Bethlehem. When they arrive in Bethlehem, they see that the town is kind of in disorder. All the men have fleed. They've gone up to the mountains because they know something strange has happened there, and they're afraid. What had happened, of course, is they had seen three wise men come before, coming and adoring this newborn king. But Herod had heard that they stopped in Bethlehem, 
And so they knew that soldiers are on the way. And just as Artaban comes into the town, sure enough, the soldiers arrive as well. When the soldiers arrive, Artaban is talking to this young mother who has a child, and he hides her in a, one, of the little, one of the little cottages, one of the little inns, you could say, right? Hides her in there, and a soldier comes by and sees Artaban. And he looks, and Artaban says, there's no one in there. And the soldier's about to go in to kill this young mother and this young child, because this is what Herod wants to happen. Of course, we know this happens in, back in, in, in real life as well back then. And so what Artaban does is he takes that, that ruby and he gives it to the soldier. Now all he has left is that pearl of great price. The soldier leaves, by the way, and Artaban hears that Joseph and Mary and Jesus have fled to Egypt. And so now he tells his servant, come on, we're going to Egypt. And you can imagine the servant at this time is really upset. But they go to Egypt, and sure enough, they're there, and they're looking for Jesus, I like to say, in all the wrong places, which kind of sounds like a country song, by the way, right? But they're looking for him in the, in the palaces. They're looking for him in the rich. And they search 12 years for Jesus. The servant is getting extremely upset. And writing back to Artaban's father, I don't think this child even exists. This king of his, I don't think exists, but he will not let me go out of this service. But I know once I can do this trip, I will be set free. Well, finally, Artaban talks to a rabbi. And the rabbi says, no, 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 he's not with the rich. He's not with the royalty. He's with the lowly. He's with those who need a servant, those who need a king. And he's not here in Egypt. He's back in Israel. So Artaban and his servant go back to Israel. And on their way back to, to Israel, Artaban is attacked. He's attacked by someone who is in a colony, a leper colony, and they steal the pearl of great price. So Artaban and his servant chase this man down, and the leader of the whole colony says to him, we saw you from afar, we saw that you were a magi, can you help us out? And the leader says, my son is blind, can you spend some time trying to heal him? Artaban said, only if I can have my pearl back. So they give him back the pearl, and he says, I'll give you one day. And sure enough, Artaban tries to heal the son who's blind, puts some ointment on his eyes, newer bandages, but there's no improvement. So Artaban is about to leave. The servant's like, come on, let's get out of here. There's lepers here. This is unclean. This is sick. Artaban looks around and sees everyone lining up that want to have him try to heal them. So we have the lepers. We have the blind. We have the crippled. This colony as well is kind of a colony of desolate, a colony of rejects. So we have prostitutes there. We have everyone that society turns their back on. And Artaban says, one more day. And that one day turns into one week. That one week turns into one month. That one month turns into one year. At this point, his servant is extremely upset and writes back a letter to Artaban's father. And he says to him, Artaban, has gone crazy. He's with the desolate. He's with the lepers. He's with the blind. It makes no sense at all. But I've never seen him happier. I've never seen him more fulfilled. And you can see Artaban's arrogance is gone. Artaban spends 20 years with this leper colony. The whole time his servant 
is there, but he refuses, the servant refuses to help out anyone in need. He's thinking, once Artaban passes away, I can finally go home. Artaban and the servant get in a huge fight. And so the servant leaves. Artaban says, fine, I give you your freedom. Go home. You don't want to be here anyways. And Artaban's about to die. And he says, go home. I don't want you to be here. So the servant leaves. And he goes into Jerusalem. And he's there. A blind man from the colony is with him. And they see Jesus. And when the servant sees Jesus, he knows it's a long-awaited king. And the blind man is healed, the same one that Artaban's tried to been healing for 20 years. So they run back to the leper colony and say, Artaban, Artaban, we have found the Lord. Meanwhile, Artaban now is old. He's crippled a little bit. He can hardly see. And yet he stumbles all the way to Jerusalem. He arrives on Holy Thursday, the night of Passover. And he arrives and he hears that Jesus is in the upper room. So he goes up there and you can see what had just happened. The Last Supper. But Jesus isn't there. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. So Artaban goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's not there either. Peter's there, who denies Jesus. So you see how this all connects, right? And he hears that they have imprisoned Jesus. So Artaban goes and tries to see him, goes to Pontius Pilate, goes to ask to go see him, and they laugh in his face. And he hears someone being whipped. And Artaban doesn't understand. How can the king of the universe be being whipped? How can this happen? And so Artaban can't see him that night. The next morning he wakes up, he goes to try to see the Lord, but once again, he's not there. And Artaban gets extremely sick, he actually faints. And they take him up to a room, and from this room he wakes up and says, where is my king? And sure enough, he hears people yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And he sees off in a distance that they're going to Calvary. And he tries to get there. But as he's going, he encounters a young girl he has seen before. And this young girl is about to be sold off into slavery. And Artaban looks at this young girl and looks at the soldiers and takes the pearl of great price and he gives it. He gives it to the soldiers so that this girl can have freedom. Artaban has nothing left to give, no gift to give. And the king, the Lord, the Savior, Jesus Christ, he's dead. He wasn't able to give him any gifts. And he faints again. He wakes up a couple days later. And they start going back to the colony. As they're on their way back to the colony, they're walking through a garden. And sure enough, a figurine, not a figurine, a figure, appears to him in dazzling white. And Artaban knows this is the king. This is Jesus Christ. And he says to Jesus, once I had precious gifts to give to you, now I have nothing. And Jesus says to him, Artaban, you've given me everything. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. Artaban says, I've never seen you before. I've never done any of this. And of course, Jesus says to him from Matthew 25, verse 40, whatever you did for the least of my brothers, you did for me. This is what it means to give ourselves. It's not giving gifts of gold, frankincense, or myrrh. It's giving to the Lord. And by the way, the Lord is in each and every one of us, the gift of ourself, serving, loving, giving freely. 
This is what the Lord desires. Let's be like Artaban, giving freely to those around us, seeing Christ in them, serving him, loving him, adoring him, and giving him the gift of ourselves.